Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 191, episode 5 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, yeah! a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, up top, fuck all the Christian faith-based healthcare plans. Uh, apparently one of these snuck an ad into our algorithmically generated ad feed. And so we just That's the beauty say, of it. They'll, yeah. they'll put ads on the show and we'll start off saying, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, advertisers would love to have something like inserted into the fabric of the show that tells you a little bit about them. So in honor of that, a couple differences from a normal health insurance company is that they take more money from what people pay them, like the uh, health insurance companies, which are like, I thought were the height of evil, but these health insurance companies, like the normal ones are capped at taking 20% and putting that towards overhead and like CEO salaries. These will take up to like 70% and put it towards the Towards God, though. I'm not not against it. You know, that's why I'm a good Christian. I I, I believe in these plans. And another big difference is that they can disqualify people from healthcare coverage for uh, whatever they want, including tobacco use, having smoked like a single cigarette, or having had premarital sex. Anything outside of, you know, the teachings of God. Well, that's why I'm playing real. I got real low coverage. I'm a virgin who doesn't smoke. <laughs> that's right. Anyways, <laughs> happy to take your money, assholes. Uh, it is Friday, July 2nd, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Jack to the Future, a.k.a. Indiana <laughs> Joe Bryans and the Last Dusade, a.k.a. Police Jack and Me 5, Azitement Miami Beach, a.k.a. The Empire Strikes Jack. AKA Terminators O'Brien. Those are all courtesy of Hand Soltis. Uh, and I'm thrilled and, uh, to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. I said, bro, you'll do good once you vax that ass up. You'll be a fine motherfucker when you vax that ass up. Coming to the party when you vax that ass up. Bro, who is you playing with? Vax that ass up. Please <laughs> get your vaccines. <laughs> Thank you to Christy Yamaguchi, oh, man, for making it easy to just encourage Incredible. vaccinations. Especially, again, we're looking at these mRNA vaccines, the efficacy looking good, protection against the Delta variant looking good, but we mm. still need to protect ourselves. So thank you yes. for that. Also, shout out to Hannah Soltis because Assignment Miami, that one, Police Academy 5, I love that one. Not That's because a great I think, movie, yeah. I think one of the reasons was because when I go to Japan, like and there was no American like media to watch. I would go to this one video rental store, and that was like one of the six English language films they would have. And I would watch. I'm like, yo, I'm I'm taking this, and hey, I watched man. that shit till the tape melted. I had all of Blockbuster to choose from, and I still probably watched that a dozen times when I was. Yeah. What is no, it about it? No, I think I went and saw Police Academy six in theaters. I was nine years old. I was way too old for which one six. Six is like the one where there's, uh, it's like city under siege. It's a, oh yeah, not good. Kind of like mm. took itself a little too seriously, and that was I think the first time I remember seeing a movie in theaters and being like, oh, this isn't very good. Prior to that, I was just like, oh, movies are great. You know, movies are my favorite thing. Just to bring into the zeitgeist again, Allison Mack from Nexium. Who yeah. was just sentenced? She was in Police Academy Six as little girl. Really, she's a little kid in that. Yeah. That explains so much. Yeah, 
Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a very talented artist uh, who you can commission just amazing drawings from <laughs> and a podcaster who hosts the podcast Sparkleside Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Uh, about magical girls and the people who love them. Please welcome back Ayumi Shinozaki! <laughs> Wake up! Grab your phone to turn the volume way up. Jack will be your mouse underrated. Ooh. Ayumi saw takes around the table. Okay. Commission me for art if you are able. You want to do it. Grab your phone to turn the volume way up. You want to do it. Jack will be your mouse underrated. You want to do it. Ayumi saw takes around the table. You want to do I hope that you trust Ooh. in my... Ooh. Guest spot on Daily Zite. <laughs> I cry when Tic Tacs fly through the sky. Oh, shit. It's my guest spot on Daily Zite. I cry oh, shit. when Tic Tacs fly through the sky. Wow. <laughs> Hell I mean, yeah, standing up. Your respect for the AKI, because I saw you crowdfunding, crowdsourcing on the Discord. You're like, I'm going back on. I got, yeah. and I, again, shout out yeah. to everybody on Discord who puts yeah, it, the yeah. group effort. It's amazing to see. And look, yeah, I got a, a lot of people you. came to to help me out, but uh, this one has to go out to the Brew specifically. Who, um, the <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, back, actually, gosh, I don't know when it was. It was a few. Well, I want to say it's a few weeks ago, but time is so strange. Where I was actually Miles, who I had mentioned. Oh, this was back in the RHCPK. Oh thing, yeah, that when face. that was going on. <laughs> you mentioned like no one really comes out here saying system of a down. And I was like, hmm, mm. interesting. You and that's to... where it started. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> it was yeah. you wanted do, but you know it's oh. very hard when you're, when you're speaking yeah. very fast. I mean, yeah, yeah, it requires a lot of product. Yeah, like those ad libs. Yeah. It's hard to do with one single <laughs> voice on one breath. Yes, yes. I've, I've rehearsed it many times, but um, it's still... <laughs> well, it sounded flawless. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, where are you uh, coming to us from? I'm in Japan. Wow. Yep, yep. It Watching is, a lot uh, of Police Academy 5. What, what's going on? <laughs> well, those prob I probably use the same video store that Miles mentioned, but um, <laughs> yeah, they do have a much wider array of... Better now. Yeah, of, especially like American comedies and stuff. But it kind of makes sense. I didn't actually realize there was a Police Academy 5 and 6. I had only ever heard of two, but I'm, uh, I guess, you know, I was born in the 90s. So just, just a little after. Like my, I would say because I moved to America in, the, in 94, that's about when my American oh, awareness like media of consciousness like media, began. yeah, that's yeah. because my dad was barely watching American stuff when we were there and, you know, or right. I guess back here. So so, yeah, I, I had no idea. But, you know, that kind of like comedy definitely tracks. I think it makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. That it would be very popular <laughs> in Japan, too. It's very easy. Yeah. Like 80s yeah. stuff because, you know, people like uh, big chested women in their comedies and 80s <laughs> comedies did not mm. disappoint in that aspect. I'm like, oh, I'm ah, noticing something. Here. I see. That's, that's, that's the overlap. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, what was hitting in 94? I'm trying to think. What, I mean, was that Jurassic Park or was that? Yeah, I mean. Well, actually, I didn't wave. watch any of those movies when I was younger. But, you know, obviously that was like the end part of like the, the Disney renaissance. So I was able to watch some Disney movies in Japan. But then because my uh, because I have, you know, family here all, or in the U.S. also, I did get to get a little bit of early 90s, late 80s stuff. So like Goonies and um 
my family made sure I watched uh, the Adams Family movies and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Classics, classics. Yeah. I mean, like, trying to think back, like, I remember watching, when it comes to in the U.S., probably, like, A Little Princess. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And for some reason, I imprinted very hard of the, no- the Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Disney one. Yeah. Oh. That was a that was a big movie for me as a kid. I'm not sure why. And oh yes, I remember in because uh, just a few years later, my first R-rated movie was The Patriots. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> terrible, oh, no. terrible one to go in on. First R-rated. Very film, strangely this one. recommended by my fourth grade teacher because it was like, oh hey kids, you just learned about the Revolutionary War in school. This movie is coming out about the Revolutionary War. You should go watch it. And I asked my dad. And he said, is there an R? Are you sure? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay. Sure. Sure that one I in am, particular that... is rated, are you sure? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Starring <laughs> a bunch of people who are not American. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, that's the, I think, I think it's the first battle. A cannonball takes a guy's head off. And I just still remember going like, oh my God, I didn't know movies could do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They I can. was, I was big on that. That was, yeah. that was a. That was like post Braveheart, and mm. yeah, it was like, what if Braveheart but America? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. Another fun fact: cinematographer is Zoe Deschanel's and Emily Deschanel's dad, Caleb. Oh. Wow, interesting. That is it. That is. Just got weird facts on deck today because I just know <laughs> their cousin, and I'm like, and they're always like, "Yo, my my uncle did this movie," and I was like, "I don't care." Mm. Yeah, it's not great. Hunchback mm. of Notre Dame is also, I think, the it's like the keystone in the kind of luxist empire, the like beautyocracy that is the Disney mm-hmm. world, because it's the one movie where like the protagonist doesn't get the girl. There's like, no, yeah, of course not. Right, right. Yeah, but what? you know, the thing is really interesting is I totally didn't remember that. Like I remembered, of course, uh, Quasimodo and then um, Esmeralda. Like I used to be obsessed with her because she's one of the few brown girls we had from Disney, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and then like when I got older and I started decided to watch the movie again, I was like, "Who's this guy over here? Who's like all like hot and blonde and stuff?" Like I don't remember him, but right. he's actually like very important to the movie, the whole yeah. story. They yeah. will have humans and mermaids like get together, but the one mm-hmm. boundary that you cannot cross is the boundary <laughs> between uh, beautiful people and uggos. They're just like, yeah. no way. Mm-hmm. Sorry. As they, yeah. as they create them to be terrible monstrosities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. All right. I mean, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners just a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we got our first Republican on the January 6th commission. Oh, traitor alert. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Yay, yay, yay. We're going <laughs> to check in with the Office of Proudly Belligerent Police Officers. We're going to check in with the Pacific Northwest heat wave. Uh, We're going to look at the rise in psychics and spiritualism around both pandemics and uh, just generally throughout history, because we're in the midst of one right now. All of that and plenty more. But first, Ayumi, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Okay, so my search history is Empress Elizabeth of Austria. Okay. So this is like tangentially related to my podcast and that I was kind of researching some Italian shows and seeing their availability because basically there's kind of like this, I don't even know what to describe them, this not huge animation company. It's not like the main one in Italy, but they're kind of like, I guess, a second rate 
group. So they do a lot of Italian dubs of other cartoons. It's mostly from Japan, but they also make their own cartoons. But their cartoons are all kind of weird. But they did make one that was a Magical Girl show back in 2012 called Angel's Friends, which is adapted from a comic. So they were showing that their most recent thing that they've done in the past few years is called Sissy the Young Empress. And I thought, well, that's weird. Why is there a character named Sissy in like 2021? But then I did more research and found that this was actually like a multi-level like adaptation of an adaptation of an adaptation based on the life of Elizabeth of Austria, who was in the mid-1800s, I guess, first a princess who became an empress. And it's like so fascinating. Her actual story is very fascinating. But I started watching this show because there are many movies made about her and she... I guess she had a very romanticized like marriage because her she married well the emperor of Austria Emperor Franz the first was Franz Joseph. Um, yes yeah. Franz Joseph I'm just looking yeah. at the Wikipedia page I'm <laughs> yeah, really yeah, like yeah. a big <laughs> fan here of the Austrian monarchy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so they they married because he was supposed to get married to her sister and their cousins so it's like whatever because royalty I guess mm-hmm. but. When they came to meet him, he was like, but actually, she's hot. The younger sister? I'm feeling her a bit more. Weird. That doesn't sound like like... a man in the 1800s. (laughs) 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 What a a scummy move. (laughs) The the wild thing is like, so it's uh, considered like the first time that he went against his own mother's wishes, Empress Mother's wishes, and... It's like all romanticized. It's like he fell in love with her and he was always madly in love with her. But there's no evidence that it was like reciprocated. And she was very much. And I think the reason why her story has been adapted so many times is that she's very much like not like the other girls. She had all these different interests and she liked gymnastics and she hated court life in Habsburg. So like she always had a really hard time, uh, a really hard time like fitting in basically and so there were movies made about her, uh, Austrian movies in like the 50s. And then in the 90s, there was a resurgence. And then there was a French-Canadian animation about her life. And based on that animation came this Italian animation, which, you know, already her life story, even if it's this very romanticized version where she's actually reciprocating these feelings for Franz Joseph I, is a very wild story. But this one decided that we needed to Disneyfy it up a bit. So they turned it into a magical girl series where she has a magic bracelet and she could talk to an animal. <laughs> and she has to like protect all the animals in Austria, I guess. It's just like oh, okay. so weird. It's because it's like looking at her actual story, it's very fascinating. Uh, and then she even gets assassinated like by an anarchist who didn't really want to assassinate her. They were just trying to choose anybody who was royal. Like, they just the hated whole... anyone with the name Franz, I feel like, you know, like, yeah. and <laughs> just there's Ferdinand. just so much to her story. And yeah. um, she also almost definitely had an eating disorder. And like she had a lot of difficulty because the first two kids were were girls. There's like a whole huge thing with her story that's like very fascinating, like could be very interesting. But everyone focused on this, like supposed right. romance and so on. It's easier to, like, to look at yeah. that than like internalized misogyny of like, I was just reading mm. on this Wikipedia article that she was really concerned with her like outward looks and like yeah. physique and things like that. And then like, nah, she nah, stopped, nah, nah, let's just make it a magical uh, bracelet posing for thing. portraits. She stopped posing <laughs> for portraits when she was like in her 30s. Like she lived until 59 was when she was assassinated. And like she... By the time she was 32, she was like, I'm not going to post reports anymore. No more, no photos, please. Like, 
it was very much, uh, you know, she was very strict about not letting anyone see her age. Like she didn't want mm. that to be memorialized or whatever. Like it was, it's like very, it's so much like she's so obsessed with her beauty and everything. But yeah, so this adaptation is so fascinating. And I started watching one episode a day. I'm up to the third episode because I cannot stop. It's such a train wreck. It's like she's always saying these feminist lines like, oh, well, uh, if you want France, like if France wants to come ask me uh, for my hand in marriage, like he has to check with me before he checks in with my dead father or whatever. And like in the first episode, she decides to go horseback riding but like standing on her horse and like yeah, has a not gonna major do anything accident. normal you know what i mean yeah she's very much she's up. not like the other girls it's yeah constantly this thing and it's just <laughs> like so weird and it's so candy colored too because it's supposed to be like i guess selling dolls to little italian girls or something it's just mm. wild but yeah it's like this rabbit hole i could not stop going down and now i'm kind of obsessed <laughs> <laughs> Is the Italian uh, animation company you were mentioning the ones behind Titanic? The legend goes on. Uh, Maybe it's um, the Mondo, sequel to Titanic. M-O-N-D-A. Definitely second rate. That whoever made those ones. <laughs> they have um, like if you go to like their so their YouTube channel is Mondo World, but they have not a lot of original stuff. But yes, they have the Legend of the Titanic and In Search of the Titanic. Oh, okay, but not Titanic. Yeah. The legend goes on. Because that, right, that's right. that's one that uh, <laughs> is legendary on the Bechdel cast. Yeah, fully goes right. Off the road. Of course, of <laughs> course. Yeah, I don't think it's that one, but it's just it's so wild. Like there are three seasons, and I'm like, are they going to get to her assassination? Where are they going with this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just <Probably> brutal <laughs> assassination. <laughs> what is what is something you think is overrated? Aggressive phone games. Like smartphone games. What's a what's aggressive? Or give us what's like, the spectrum here? So I mean, I am a very casual gamer when it comes to my smartphone. Like I play Candy Crush Soda Saga every other day or whatever. If I'm like super mm-hmm. bored, my main thing is a Switch. But you know, just like everyone when they're a little bored, they're they'll just yeah, play get some game puzzle games and things. Yeah. But I'm also a big fan of Scrabble, so I got Scrabble Go. And I was really enjoying it, especially because you can set it up to play in different languages. But it's very needy. I cannot believe how <laughs> needy this game is. Like, it will forfeit your turn if you don't play a turn in a specific amount of time. Are you playing against a human or against a computer? You can do either. But even if you're playing against a computer, it's like, no one's waiting for me. But right, it's like, yeah. That's stupid. Even, computer doesn't have shit to do. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> like, even oh, as yeah, a Watch player, me not charge your ass. Then what? <laughs> I would not mind, like, waiting for someone else to take their turn and just have a bunch of games open and just, like, be very, very slow with it. That, for me, is fine, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't understand why. And then, like, it would, like, when I turn on the notifications for it, it would just keep coming up, like, Hey, you have a turn to play. Someone played their turn. You should go uh, in yeah. and play. And it's like, I'm not, I don't have all the time in the world. It's just like, you know, five minutes here and there to try playing Scrabble. That's why I don't yeah. let any notifications on my yeah. phone, really. Like, I have to, mm. like, that's the one way I can keep my peace, like, in terms mm. of not being, because you could be, you'll constantly be bombarded with like all kinds of alerts. Like, if you have yeah. social media stuff on, you know, like yeah. text stuff, you have threads that go off all the time. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah, I'm, I find myself being less inclined to, to entertain yeah. the notifications, but for games, I can't, I don't go past puzzles because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to learn a whole new like level of dexterity. Cause when I see like the mm-hmm. more 
involved like action games that are on iPhones and shit. I'm like, no, no, no. Just I'm I just want to mm. use one finger and like point at poke at my phone. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Are you Miles, do you fuck with Candy Crush or Candy Crush Soda Saga? Mm, not so I used to. I'm a big bejeweled fan. Yeah. Mm. You know, uh specifically the mine when you go like the timed mining one where you gotta like really keep the oh. fucking the, the the matches going to to break the earth and and do it all in time. That's my favorite thing to do on the toilet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you have to play puzzle games, of course. Yeah, yeah, that and or like reading for the show. Like I have my routine. <laughs> I'm like I check my news, do my bejeweled, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hit up a the... great image for for all the listeners. Yeah, and also yeah. bidet is a must. You know, if you're gonna be on the oh, Miles yes. program, the Miles Morning program, you must have <laughs> the bidet, the squatty potty, uh mm-hmm, or in the and mm-hmm. the and the tushy. Yes. I'm a, sometimes I'm like unnerved by how quickly time will disappear when you're playing toilet? those games. When you're oh. playing like <laughs> Bejeweled or uh, mm-hmm. Candy Crush. That's called being in a flow state. I guess. You know? That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's On a very some liminal level. place. Mm. Yeah. What is something you think is underrated? Redubbed movies and TV shows and whatever else you like watching that has people speaking in it. So this is something, as part, of course, for my podcast, it comes up a lot because most of my listeners are in the U.S., but most of the stuff we talk about is in Japan. So people often wonder, oh, should we watch the original version? But there are some times where it's actually better to watch something dubbed in another language, maybe because the voice acting is better or like the the dialogue is improved. Like to even put it in the terms of like an American thing, there are certain things that like are more cringe watching in the original English than when I see it, for example, dubbed in Japanese. So like a big one for me is um, Mm. my husband loves the movie Cats and Dogs. That's mm. like one of his big childhood movies, right? It's like it's it's very silly. It is all these talking, all these talking cats and dogs, and the cats are evil or whatever. Oh yeah, they yeah, want yeah. To take over the world, yeah. So the movie is like low key really racist because they have all these racist stereotypes for like the animals. Where right, there's like, right. There's like a oh, Siamese isn't there like an Asian ninja yeah, cat yeah. or some shit? Yeah, I remember cats, that trailer. Right, right. And then there's also the Russian blue cat who's like speaks like a Russian spy. It's like really, really ridiculous. Right. So that part is super cringe to watch. But then like I see that, oh, my husband, of course, because he watched as a kid, he prefers it in Japanese. So I watch it in Japanese and it's suddenly a much more enjoyable program. Like it's just right. like for one thing, they put more effort into just putting in a lot of dog and cat puns that are really great. Not that there aren't puns in English, but like it, it, it makes more sense, I guess. Right. And like, yeah, the just the. Just generally, it's just more enjoyable because it's suddenly less racist. Yeah, and, that's funny yeah. how we literally <laughs> like because like, wow, in our language, we don't have the culture. We don't have these weird uh, stereotypes. We have yeah. other ones, but not yeah, these yes, specific ones. ones. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then suddenly you're like, oh, yeah, look at, the, mm. look at them being just very objective about yeah. these characters and not ascribing, you know, cultural <laughs> stereotypes to them. Yeah, that's what, yeah. yeah, that's one of your credits that I left off of your bio, but you are a translator. Oh, it's, yes. I, I've never really thought of that. I don't, I don't have a ton of experience with like listening to the dubs or like watching things with the dubs turned on. Mm-hmm, Is there mm-hmm. like what one type of content that's like generally has like really good dubs? Because I don't know. All, all the dubs that I've experienced have been like kind of mm-hmm. half-assed and like the... the yeah. Most recent experience I had was that uh, German show 
dark where like I was like, why do people like this for a season? And then mm. I, I turned the dub off and started reading the subtitles. And I was like, oh, because it has like good good actors and you just couldn't tell <laughs> when the dub was on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's definitely something that uh, makes a huge difference. Right. So there are such things as good dubs and bad dubs. So, for example, sure. the show I mentioned earlier, Sister the Young Empress, as a really bad English dub. Also, the like that one, the the dialogue is really strange. Like in episode three, there's actually a line. Was it three? Yeah, there's a line. You have to trust the poop was something that this literal princess said out loud. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that they like cut up the line so they don't sound like, I don't know, like the way anyone normally speaks English. But yeah, so there is such a thing. It really depends on who is handling the dub. So another good example in terms of uh, Magical Girls, the biggest Magical Girls series for kids right now is called Pretty Cure. And there's only been one dub done in English under that name, um, which is done by a Canadian company. They handled the very first season. But two of the seasons were handled by Netflix and Saban, and they're called Glitter Force. They changed the name, I think, for legal reasons. And a lot of people really don't like Glitter Force as a dub because they changed the characters' names. To, to be honest, the other one did too. And they changed a lot of like the context and dialogue. They edited episodes and didn't oh, air yeah. some episodes. Too much meta. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. So like, but that being said, it's a kid's show. And a lot of kids watch that and were introduced to the series for the first time. So like, I don't really hate it too much for that reason. It got mm -hmm. us more fans, right? And like, a lot of kids are now like, oh, that's my childhood. So that's cool. But yeah, so like that kind of thing makes a huge difference. And like there are some people where if they see who is handling the dub, they just be like, I'm not going to watch this because I don't think it's going to be any good. I don't trust what they've done in the past. Maybe they do those kind of localizations. But yeah, that's definitely something that um, it really, really depends on who is who's right. doing that work. Yeah. Yeah. Just like any other sense. kind of production. Right. Know who's dubbing your content. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the same thing goes with, you know, American stuff in Japan. Um Let's see. Uh, there are some good ones. Like if you watch action movies, there's a lot of good dubs in action movies that are really fun to watch. Rush Hour is very funny in Japanese. But um, Supernatural, the TV show, is very strange in Japanese. They like dubbed it kind of the same way that they would voice act for an animation. So like all the voices are kind of strange. <laughs> and it's just like it's just very uh, it's just very strangely goofy in a way that like makes it really hard to watch right yeah yeah well like, that's the, i think it's yeah there's also just like japanese voice acting can be really intense too like there's yes i've like, growing up like seeing a lot of dubbed things like there's not a lot of subdued performances a lot of the times <laughs> like you're getting all <laughs> of it's like it you're like almost like if i wasn't looking i could i might also think this is an anime or something like right. that but yeah mm -hmm, i think yeah. It, it's just i think it's always just tough when you're having to mm -hmm you know, yeah. create, create something out of nothing when you have no shared language. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we will be right back. And we're back. And so the January 6th commission, the attempt to figure out what, what all went down when uh, the Capitol was attacked is moving forward and the republicans were basically like if anybody fucking says anything you're fired Dude, you're out of the you're out of the gang can't be or can't even be friends with us anymore that's uh, mm. yeah that's basically. what kevin mccarthy does that's how he controls the party he uh you know liz cheney 
Everyone's saying, is she going to do it? She was one of the two Republicans to vote for the commission, along with Adam Kinzinger. And Kevin McCarthy, his first thing was just saying, like, anybody accepts <laughs> this, you will have all of your committee assignments taken away, which will render you fucking useless. Damn. And that's a pretty big threat. But Pelosi still, you know, she, not for Liz Cheney, because she does, she's <laughs> she like, I'm already dead, motherfucker. Right. You think you can kill me more? Can't yeah. kill what is already dead, motherfucker. <laughs> for my bills, I'm for, like, she's she's uh, expressed her and Kinzinger how much more they've had to spend on their personal security as a result of acknowledging reality. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, what you know, once Pelosi named her to the committee, she said, quote, what happened on January 6th can never happen again. Those who are responsible for the attack need to be held accountable, and this select committee will fulfill that responsibility in a professional, expeditious, and nonpartisan manner. Now, that got a lot of Republicans upset because they were saying, like, well, it lights out for you. But she's already, it seems like she feels like she's probably not going to make it past 2023 anyway um, in mm -hmm. Wyoming. So for her, she's like, okay, watch me do, watch me do this on the way out. And Adam Kinzinger... We still don't know if he's going to join or not, but he's, again, another person who made the mistake of acknowledging what happened and saying that is fucking yeah. not good. And maybe we do need to actually, you know, figure out who is involved so they can be, you know, drug out into the sunlight. And when he was asked whether or not he was worried about McCarthy's threats, he said, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then he said, Incredible. he goes on to say. When you've got people who say crazy stuff and you're not going to make and you're not going to make that threat, but you make that threat to truth tellers, you've lost any credibility. I did not mm. understand that sentence at all. Like you, yeah. you had that in the doc <laughs> and I was just like, when you got, I was like, say, I, you could have stopped it. Who gives a shit? Cause yeah, not that's enough. Make that it really threat, is enough. <laughs> but you make that threat to truth. Uh, yeah, it's look. He hey, man, he's a Republican. <laughs> he's in some yeah. world, like some far yeah. off. Abba I'm sure it orbit. makes sense to someone. <laughs> right. Yeah, who gives anyways, a shit? It's just powerful. We'll see. Yeah. If, we'll see if we get actual results from this. Mm. But it's fun drama, and also just shout out to Liz Cheney. I know her family is probably going through it right now with the yeah, passing with of Unky Don. <laughs> the whole, the whole, the, all the wait, are they related? No, you know, but just like, through their hellbound yeah. connection. Yeah. Their dad's just there's like sure, something sure. that's remarkably bonding about doing war crimes together. Uh, um, especially when like Absolutely. you're doing war crimes that define an entire uh, century. So mm -hmm. shout out to them. <laughs> let's, let's talk about police real quick. There's a new trend in being proudly belligerent in the uh, world of police. So in April, a young black man was having a mental health episode in a Walmart, and within a minute of showing up, the police tased, shot, and then tased him again uh, until he was dead. Uh, this is a textbook case where a mental health specialist, a social worker, like literally anything else would have been better than an armed police officer, like a fucking yeah. hockey team, like anything to send <laughs> anyone besides the police. Mm. But... So people are protesting. And yesterday morning, while people were protesting, you know, the police force that basically murdered him, an officer walked up and told them they had to move their sign. Uh, and when they tried to have a conversation with the cop, he took out his phone and started playing Taylor Swift, like put his phone in his breast pocket and started playing ta Taylor Swift really loud. So you mm -hmm. couldn't really hear him or the people trying to talk to him. And the activists were like kind of confused. They were like, yo, is 
are we having a dance party? What's happening? And <laughs> he did it sergeant, so casually too. Right. Yeah. The sergeant replied that all all he knew was they wouldn't be able to post their video to YouTube because there would be copyright claim. And <laughs> mm. like just the like fucking grin on his face as he mm. was doing this and just like how clever he thought it was and Probably wasn't his idea. That would be giving no, him too yeah, much yeah, credit. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably like his teen daughter or something. He's like, yeah. Clearly, that's mm-hmm. a ticket down. What? Yeah. All right. That's and not even completely game. true, though. I was, well, at least because when I was seeing that video on Twitter, I think some people were saying that all the YouTube channel would have to do is demonetize that particular video. Yeah. yeah. And it would be okay. Because it's not like they're yeah. uploading like the clean track to their video right. that's edited in. So the sweepers work a little bit differently. Those copyright sweepers that go on the Mm. internet to figure out if you're running a foul. But it's the great irony of watching like intellectual property copyright law again Mm -hmm. come to the defense of police brutality in this like (laughs) weird way. You're like, fuck. (laughs) It's all so dark. Yeah, he had it ready too. He was just like right there. Like he just, it was, he was ready to go. Like it it was like, you can imagine just before. They were all, I guess, arriving to go beat people up or kill people. They had the, they're like, okay, let's see. Are you going to do Taylor Swift? Okay, what do you have? Uh, you have little Nil Nas X or whatever. Like, they're all, all have their music ready. Yeah. Yeah. Fitting that it's Taylor <laughs> Swift, though, and not little Nas X, because you know how the, the white supremacists mm. love some Taylor That's Swift. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. saying she's, t- she's white supremacist, just saying. Right. White supremacists. <laughs> well, they were mad, though, because she- some Taylor. But then she was like, I'm not with that. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, God, yeah, yeah, they were upset. Oh, you you being not really unequivocal just gave us the, the gray area to believe you were one of our great but artists. <laughs> it is like the the idea is such a like email forward that gets sent mm-hmm. to your dad mm-hmm. at work type fucking like half assed, not true idea that. Is just like that is the culture of these police forces. And like mm. that is what they're going to put energy yeah. into. Like people, the idea that people are putting tampons in their fucking <laughs> iced tea or whatever. Or mm. like the fact that you can just like play a YouTube song and it'll get the evidence of you abusing and killing people taken down is just mm. like, it's just so stupid and half assed. Yeah. And that's all like that's the standard they're held to. And right. they would rather just be belligerent and just spite the people who are criticizing them rather than mm-hmm. even acknowledge that there's a problem in the first place. No, yeah. then that would because if they acknowledge anything, it would be the you know, the, the timer could end up ticking down to when they more people are like, oh, OK, right. So this is an obsolete way of dealing with things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have to switch it up because we just have a group of goons who, you know. Uh, learn all their new clever ways of brutalizing people with TikTok videos like, mm. hey, use this song and it can't get uploaded. And they're mm. like, oh, cool. Pretty soon, I bet you they're going to be wearing like uniforms that are made out of like material that like cameras like are like have trouble capturing and shit mm. um, because it's just like the same like this is I can only see where this goes further. Right. If it if yeah. this is one way to obscure or to hide their misdeeds then I'm sure there'll be a further escalation aside from what we already have. Like we see how cops mm-hmm. will lift the hoods of their cars to block dash cams and things like that. And be like, well, it's on, but I just had the mm-hmm. hood up to not capture anything. 
Right? Yeah, but that's the interesting thing is like he was so confident that the video that the song would be able to protect him like this Taylor Swift shield that like he started to show off his badge and name and stuff. Like he's like, Yeah, you yeah. guys can take that down because I'm going to be protected by this <laughs> by song. <copyright. laughs> like, guess what, fool? There's some shit called daily motion. Right. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there's so many other websites that let Twitter fly. and Facebook and mm-hmm. literally anywhere people want to. Nico, Nico, post I don't us. know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, speaking of obsolete, let's talk about how our world is soon going to be obsolete mm-hmm. for the, the new temperatures, the temperature of the world that we're approaching. We're just not built for it. We didn't, we didn't build the world <laughs> to to deal with this. So Pacific Northwest in the United States is dealing with, you know, deaths. 63 people passed away over the weekend, um, last weekend in Oregon, because Oregon is not accustomed to usually having to even use fucking air conditioning. Yeah. Mm. Everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's well, what Tacoma or to, I was, we talked about Tacoma, Washington prices just went quadrupled if they had air conditioning in a room. And, yeah. and not and not just the U.S. Like in Canada too, there was an entire town that, like this one town that had the record for like the hottest place in Canada, uh. it went up in flames, and the entire town uh, had to be evacuated because within like fifteen minutes, the mayor said it went from smoke to everything being on fire, and then just ordering like people to flee. And then even in British Columbia, the coroner service. They recorded at least 233 deaths over the weekend. They've received 65 reports of sudden deaths since that Friday. And all of this is hyper, a lot of this is hyperthermia from overheating. And yeah, they just even see the number of calls that are made. For example, mm-hmm. 100, 131 people in Oregon visited the hospital for or an urgent care facility just to get out of the heat, just for some kind of heat-related illness in a normal weekend. They said hospitals would see maybe one and yeah. we're seeing 131. I mean, this is this. I think this is the point where the rhetoric, I feel like, really needs to change, especially with like large, like mainstream media of like rather than like we got to fight off this two degree, you know, temperature rise or else things could be bad. It's here. It's now. Mm-hmm. We are there. We are seeing what is happening when people are when buildings are crumbling. When you have massive death like this, it's hard to say that we're like we're almost like what's going to happen. I think we're he- like we've been here and regardless of whether we're trying to fight like it getting w- worse down the road, I think we really humanity owes it to itself to take this as seriously as possible. But again, when you look at especially how our political system is structured, it's clear that, you know, Republicans and corporate Democrats alike are willing to sacrifice us for, you know, campaign cash. Mm. Yeah. Yep. This stuff is not even new at all. Like it's like the world has been screaming for help for so long. Yeah. And like one of the shows I'm currently watching from my podcast is from 1970 and they had a, an episode about pollution and like trying to save the water and save the earth because everything is going up in flames. And it's like that was 16 years ago. Uh, almost, right. well, not, not, oh, 50. Yes. 50 years ago. Sorry. I can't math. And it's like, not nothing's really changed everything is still terrible yeah just yeah. the strategies or pr campaigns i think have changed yeah without the real substantive work one yeah. thing that i think needs to change is the emphasis especially in the 
mass media going from here's how you can make individual sacrifices Mm. as a private person. Like you have to recycle this, you have to turn off your heat, you have to save water and Mm. just ignoring the corporate, you know, complicity in all of this, the, the fact that corporations cause the vast majority, like the, the top, top 20 companies like are responsible for most of global warming Mm -hmm. that like, you know, when there's a water shortage in California, it's a lot of the farming companies that are just, you know, they have better inroads to the people who are making the decisions than you and I, like than any single individual. And then like I sort of a, a cartoonish example of this was that alert that went out in New York a few days ago oh, yeah. telling people that they had to turn off their air conditioning. Yeah, you're going to screw up the earth. Because the grid was being, like, pushed to the breaking point. And people were pointing out, like, there's this tweet from Jason O. Gilbert. He's like, New Yorkers, please do not use air conditioning or flush any toilets so that the Ferris wheel inside the M&M store can run 24-7. It's like, yo, you guys have Times Square. You didn't turn Times Square off. And you're asking people to, like, put their lives in danger. That's what went... Mm -hmm. New York during the summer without air conditioning, you are putting people's lives in danger. And mm. you're doing that. Coca-Cola, to, though. So that Coca-Cola can keep their Coca-Cola sign lit up. It's like, yeah. shut yeah. the fuck up. The, what the is wrong camera with footage Where everyone was like, just so you know, this is like an <laughs> hour after the alert. They're like, look at the Times Square web cameras. Because mm. every single billboard is lit up. Every vit, everything is on full blast down there. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's just, yeah, it's a very good reminder of just how everything is going to work. Like, mm. especially in this country, it's like, well, we could we could ask the corporations to do different, but we're not. So yeah. we'll just let you die, the voter, the worker, the normal person. Got to keep that big shiny McDonald's going. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, this is why, you know, wars are fought, <laughs> especially in mm. this country where it's like, yeah, well, we got to make sure we have as many customers around the world. But Joe Biden, I just want to bring sort of bring this back a little bit to the idea of the filibuster, because we have things like the Green New Deal. We have a lot of mm-hmm. progressive politicians who are rejecting some of the, this infrastructure deal that Joe Biden has because they're saying this is not this is not actually addressing climate change. Like this is a fucking giveaway to polluters. This isn't this isn't really this isn't substantive or radical, which is what we need as we watch people perish from uh, being overheated. and. This idea, again, where, you know, the more like the more you sort of look at it, it's become very easy for, I think, the Biden administration to just point to Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. Yeah. And be like, oh, right. <laughs> I don't know what you I don't know what I can, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, yep. you're the fucking president. You yeah. know, figure that out. Don't just that's not leadership to throw your hands up because you have two people who are more publicly you know, covering for the filibuster and to sort of maintain the status quo when I'm at the same time ignoring that your support is sliding with the people that voted for you because you're mm-hmm. you're acting like, well, I don't know what I can do. And this yeah. is just kind of I don't know. I think it's just sort of an, another omni crisis that human beings are having to face, especially in this country, too, given that American conservatism is a huge one of the biggest contributors to climate change mm. and climate change now. Hey, stay cool out there, guys. 
Pacific Northwest, you know? Right. That's what they'd say. <laughs> That's what yes. And please don't use fireworks <laughs> this July 4th weekend. Unless oh you're, un- Again, unless you're asking you are... me to sacrifice something that personally <laughs> is very important to me. So, yeah. Just um, to explode. <laughs> Dude, little bang bangs in the sky <laughs> or in my I lawn. think they're officially banned in Portland from when I'm reading correctly. Um, Makes but sense. Like, I mean, that's not going to stop anyone. I'm sure anyone who wants to is going to do it anyway. But like anything, yep. you just cross state lines mm-hmm. to get the shit that you want that, you know, and then put your own state yep. in danger. And again, if you're going to if you're going to have fireworks, leave it to the law enforcement professionals like the <laughs> LAPD bomb squad <laughs> who blew up their fucking yeah. car like idiots just trying to, to trying to destroy some confiscated <laughs> yeah. fireworks. It's they've never looked more dumb. I just <laughs> fucking uh, people. I still can't believe that story. There's yeah. A, yeah, I just want to read three consecutive tweets. Cody uh, Johnston retweeted <laughs> more than 5,000 pounds of illegal fireworks seized from a home in South L.A. The bomb squad is now hauling them away by the truckload. Some of these fireworks are about to be safely detonated on scene. Uh, <laughs> a couple minutes later, explosion. LAPD was disposing of illegal fireworks in South L.A. when the explosion occurred. At least five are injured. By the way, I like felt this in my house when it happened mm-hmm. i like looked oh up the window. i was like what the fuck just happened yeah holy shit and then next Damn. uh from the lapd our bomb squad officers were in the process of seizing over five thousand pounds of illegal fireworks in the area some of the fireworks were being stored in our bomb squad trailer as a precautionary measure unknown at this time what caused an explosion oh for real <laughs> the five thousand pounds of ex- explosives <laughs> that y'all mishandled maybe yeah yeah Mm, that's hey. definitely the officer-related incident, kind of um, not telling yeah. us what happened. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. You're gonna get a blue alert on your cell phone called <laughs> right. the LAPD blew themselves up. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> fucking to get rid of these yeah. fireworks, like because you look at the thing they had. It's like in one of those like iron sphere things mm-hmm. that I guess typically you could just be like, oh yeah, put it in there, boom, whatever. You can dispose mm-hmm. of it. It. I don't know if they overloaded the thing. Because mm. it was it actually was, one of those uh, old timey Acme bombs that they right. mistook for it's a black bowling ball with <laughs> yeah, a fuse coming out of it. With the fuse. They're like, this looks right. Oh my God. Yeah. But the way mm-hmm. it leveled that truck and everything, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and also, fuck you for doing that in a residential area. Yeah. Yeah. In a residential area, nice. they don't give a fuck about But that's also, like again, LA. you look at, you know, South LA, yep. uh, you know, not a majority white part of the city. Mm-hmm. And they really have a lot of energy to find these people. And I get it. Like fireworks can cause injuries and fires and things like that. But I guarantee you, you go to Westlake, California or Calabasas and shit. Motherfuckers got fireworks, but you're not really giving a fuck about it over there. Right. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take a- another quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back, and it is boom time for psychics right now, baby. <laughs> uh, it's boom time for the LAPD and for psychics. <laughs> Economically for psychics, literally for mm-hmm. the LAPD. So since the pandemic hit, Google searches for psychic increased. Uh, Yelp reported that the supernatural readings business went up by 140%. And according to Pew Research data from 2018, an estimated six out of 10 American adults accept at least one new age belief, which includes psychics. Mm. Wait, what are new age beliefs? What are we 
is there I think it's like, just what that, are the other ones they say? Like crystals, uh, tarot cards, tarot cards, mm-hmm. Reiki. They call <laughs> they put Reiki in there. Okay. Reiki's all right. They're they're like uh meditation, uh, you mm-hmm. know, this wild Things shit. Things that cannot be uh, quote unquote shit. proven with hard science. Acupuncture with, with, with Cartesian mm-hmm. Western thought. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So our writer Jam is pointing out that you know, throughout history, whenever there's been some sort of upheaval or some sort of collective anxiety in society, interest in psychics has shot up after the Civil War was this long period where spiritualism, people who could commune with the dead, was like very, very popular. The Fox sisters, these kind of spooky looking young women who basically communicated with each other. It was kind of an easy scam to see through. They were just like knocking on the wood. And that was the thing that they were saying, like was the spirits communing with them. And, Mm. but it was like, you can just tell that something is ripe that like it was filling a need in the zeitgeist because they Mm. became like the biggest celebrities of that decade for being able to commune with the dead. Mm. And like, uh, Abraham Lincoln's, wife mary todd was like really into this whole movement and it makes sense because like everybody their everyone's kids were dying people mm-hmm. you know people's significant others were dying in the civil war and you just wanted to be able to talk to those people you were also just like constantly thinking about death right mm-hmm. so this gives you a the scientific and political reality is like we don't know and we're waiting and seeing and we just have to be like cautious and try various techniques and that's i mean Mm -hmm. the human brain hates that it's like too yeah it's not it's not concrete enough Um, well yeah but i think more than even like having your like just feeling your limbic system be like what the fuck is going on you can still use your brain to be like okay I'm in mm-hmm. unprecedented times, but I also get that. Yeah. If, if you're more susceptible to that, what couldn't mm-hmm. be more of like an attractive proposition? Someone being like, Oh, I know what the fuck is happening here. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. tell me more, tell me more, mm-hmm. tell me more. Mm-hmm. Q what? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually do. Uh, it's not like a major hobby or anything, but I like tarot. Not, I don't believe that it actually has anything like spiritual going on with it. It's just like the system is made so that it's very easy for people to get their thoughts externalized, basically. And yeah. once it's like there, like I've literally never had, like, again, not believing in it. Uh, I have never had a tarot reading done where someone the other person didn't say oh my god this is so true right right and it's just because like for one thing all the cards can have a bunch of different meanings but also like yeah once all these things are out there they're like oh yeah there is someone like that in my life or whatever and like that seeing that having someone else say that the things that they were already thinking always helps them to like understand something that was honestly probably already in their mind anyway right Um, yeah but it's very it's very, very funny. It's, I mean, there. it's a very interesting thing. And uh, of course, if you're listening and you believe in tarot, I'm not trying to like, <laughs> there's no offense to you guys. It's just, for me, I, I don't. No offense to you, but it's... to me, there's just some fucking cards with some cool drawings <laughs> on them that uh, help connect dots like, in people's I, subconscious. I collect, I have like two tarot decks like right next to me on my desk here. Like I just. Oh yeah, no, I, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know people who are heavy with the tarot. 
but mostly like they just (laughs) it's like i think it's like pokemon for them Mm -hmm. in a way it's like playing magic the gathering but like a little more emotional with with emotional stakes (laughs) i think that's what for some people so the first ouija boards started being mass produced at in the late 1800s and Mm -hmm. you would see sales shoot up like during world war one uh, after the Spanish flu epidemic, mm. uh, and we're seeing that again during this pandemic, uh, popularity of Ouija, yeah. which, so I think all of this goes back to the fact that we, the human mind is this like powerful in unknown ways, like incredibly vast, infinite, mm. you know, machine like realm that we only have very limited access to. Like our our conscious mind is shining a tiny spotlight on like, five to ten percent of what is actually going on in our mind Mm -hmm. and the ouija and all these various things and spiritual practices just allow you to kind of get a different way into those things so like with ouija it's like you're you know people always talk about how it feels like the thing is moving without them or like Mm -hmm. you get a group consciousness that takes over and like starts moving it like i think that's all very valid and interesting maybe not for the reasons uh Mm -hmm. explicitly that people think but it's actually like creating interesting ideas and it's a it's definitely like a valid Mm -hmm. way to process like your discomfort with the world yeah it's like Um, psychological it's almost like therapy so that's what a lot of people need especially in in times like this so it makes a lot of sense damn i wish a ouija board could replace my therapy (laughs) It's a lot cheaper. Yeah, I'm like shit. Uh, yeah, it was Monday morning. Let me get my Ouija board out. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, there it is. There it is. But yeah, Yeah. there is something to. I mean, I, I was, I would always fuck with people when I was on the Ouija. I was, I was, (laughs) I was the chaos agent. If you had me do Ouija with you, I'm. Oh, you were intentionally fucking around. I'm pushing that shit around. And I was the dummy who was like, nobody knows how this is happening. <laughs> Miles, what's happening? Oh I don't know. Look, it says J-A-C-K-I-S-A-L-O-S-E-R. I don't know, y'all. Jackie oh, the no. Loser, we wow. heard it here. Gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I think saying thing, I need I, to cluck like a chicken <laughs> for the next two days. Or the oh Sixers goodness. will lose forever. Oh my goodness! The whole thing, though, with I—I I, I think for me, I as a kid, I just I was very, I'm very logical type kid, and if you, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't like magic tricks. Like I would always be like, man, show me how that shit worked, because I'm off. Don't <laughs> stop telling me it's magic, okay? It's not magic. Show yeah. me how the trick works. Mm-hmm. And when I first saw kids doing Ouija, I was like, this is so. I'm like, how are y'all even believing this? Even though, like, at the time I'm 11, so I don't know why I'm thinking I'm I'm some galaxy brain motherfucker out here. Probably because I was 11, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that that contributed to me meddling in it. But I do, I do uh, totally see your point about when you even begin to see the things that are in your unconscious. The same things where I think like psychedelics, like, yeah, can be Mm -hmm. really mind blowing for people. Like early on, like, oh wow. Yeah, you realize we operate we operate on like that little bit of oil that hardens up on the top of a soup. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. And then everything is underneath that, and but we're we're barely dipping our toe into that part. We're just yeah. kind of on this surface skim level, for sure. Yeah, drugs are definitely like were for a long time my favorite way to access this. Religion is a very popular way to access it, but like mm-hmm. it's. 
it definitely should not be discounted. It's and also like in reference to psychedelics, like do some reading on people describing their uh, guided psychedelic like therapy sessions. It's mm. unbelievable. Like the like detailed, like poetic, uh, like cinematic imagery that people's minds are creating and like people remember it. They're like, yeah. So I was like watching this short film where like my dead father and I were like going through this like visual poem of a like representation of all the images that, or <laughs> of all the issues that like I had with him. It's it's pretty amazing. Right. Mm. And yeah. So anyways, there, there's also like. So what I send you nine hundred dollars, Jack, for you to, <laughs> to start, sort this out for me through with your psychic powers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. so that's that's the thing is that there's it's some people deal. who are taking advantage of this in shitty ways. Mm. Um, what one person who's not really taking advantage of it, but who's getting some shine off of it, is a uh, deceased psychic named Sylvia Brown. Oh yeah, who released a book in 2008 mm. that claimed in around 2020 a severe pneumonia-like illness will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes, and resisting all known treatments. And so that very specific sentence sent the book to it became a bestseller in 2020. Uh, it was number mm -hmm. two on Amazon's nonfiction charts for a while. Uh, unfortunately, it goes on to say almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived, attack again 10 years later and then disappear completely. So that that didn't happen. Uh, also, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> first of all, that's not a good description of COVID either uh doctors right. uh, would point out um she's also made some like really shitty bold predictions yo on were, montel there's yeah, like a youtube so she's video the one on montel yeah who told a mother oh. of a missing girl that her daughter was dead on montel on mm. tv that daughter was one of the people who was being held in ariel castro's like dungeon jesus so, christ yeah so she fucked that one up she'd uh montel had to apologize mm. she just kind of uh was like backed mm. her way out of the room yeah i mean uh, yeah the, the people have like you know they've always sylvia brown has been pretty out there with her you know self-deification yeah. so a lot of people have debunked her over the years but that is wild that even despite that they're like but she was right about this thing yeah i mean that's the thing is you only have to be like kind of right about some things and that's enough for some people to believe everything you know right that, like yeah just like hey jack i remember that trending episode when chris paul got you know he's going to the suns and we said hey that might be good for ayton and uh cory booker or i mean for for devin booker and then look what happened you know what I mean? yeah no, I mean, that's ESPN is offering me a deal. Uh, so this will be my last <laughs> podcast because. <laughs> hey, we heard you say that on a podcast. <laughs> a year no, ago. Now you're, now you're yeah. giving all kinds of idiot yeah, people right. uh, like false dreams. Like, see, the, uh, <laughs> you could say some ESPN, more podcasts. ESPN you know, monetizes yeah. people just saying takes loud as possible. Uh, yeah. Oftentimes <laughs> wrong. Uh, anyways, there's like also more straightforward graft. Like there's a person who was told by a psychic to bring her $9,000 in a pillowcase with nine white roses, nine red roses. Uh, and she would perform rituals and soon return the $9,000. And also it would like clear his bad energy and that he has been surprisingly unable to uh, recoup a, a cent of that 
has since lost his money because of the pandemic or lost his job because of the pandemic and is like really hurting. And the police won't take those sorts of claims seriously because they're assholes. Wow. Who'd have thought? So, yeah. Serve and protect. Unless they're taking, unless they're blowing themselves up with your fireworks. Yeah. yeah. There was also a massive psychic mail fraud scheme in 2019 that made more than $200 million from 1.4 million victims. I am in the wrong business. I need I to really invest yeah. in my, <laughs> I need and to that's what they're tarot saying, cards like, all the way. You know what I said before? I, I believe everything about the cards. I was definitely joking before. <laughs> and I remember, Ayumi, I remember in 2009, you said I would be hosting a podcast with a man whose name started with Jay. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and we will yeah. go on to do great things. And do mm-hmm. while you were only right about the first part, I still believe your powers. <laughs> you know what I mean? I 100% mm-hmm. do. But yeah, this, yeah. I also, I mean, like, uh, like I get it, you know, because you don't come out, to, you don't go to the police because you're probably ashamed because you're like, oh, yeah, look, I got duped because this person mm-hmm. put nine grand in a pillowcase. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it feels like when you say it out loud, you're like, yeah, I should have mm-hmm. known. No, but at the bad. time, I'm so desperate for some kind of closure or relief emotionally that this is the only place offering it to me. Um, yep. But I'm curious what that person said, They why they needed $9,000 that would eventually return to them. Like, I you know mean, what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I lay the bills out and then I rub the roses on top and then I get a vibe, <laughs> do a vibe check on the on the currency mm-hmm. and then it vanishes. But then I give it back like mechanically. I'd really be, again, concerned with how that all works. Well, energetically, Miles, mm-hmm. it's important that you mm-hmm. are giving them something that is worth a lot to you spiritually. I see. And okay. so $9,000 specifically, like that's a good way to just kind of dial in specifically your psychic your intent- energy and right. like how much something okay. matters to you because you know, you know say less i'm sorry i don't yeah. I, I don't mean to have right. you explain this to me yeah ten thousand dollars would be asking too much but. right right but the, eight thousand is not enough this spell yeah. <laughs> requires uh specifically nine thousand okay i will okay that's all i need to know i'm about to go um to my bank right now and, and mm. thank you but yeah it's a it's a good grift because a lot of the People are either too embarrassed to come forward. The cops won't take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, prosecutors won't try the case because they're afraid the victim is going to look stupid to a jury. And yeah, so I mean, this is a good place to end the episode since we opened up with <laughs> the religious grift Healthcare that is advertising yeah. on our show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is just another kind of spiritual grift uh, trying to fill fill the whole that Americans are lacking because mm-hmm. community has dissolved and and we oh because that's the thing Jack you know I want everybody to uh, come on down and to my faith based healthcare company that I have you know because our motto here is it's not a lack of medication it's a lack of salvation uh, wow. and when you get that salvation you won't need that medication thank you so much uh, and we can put away your fear and trepidation <laughs> it rhymes mm, wow. because it's true preach yeah right. Yeah. Exactly. It rhymes because it's true. It rhymes because it's true. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, y'all are cured. Y'all are cured. Amy, it's been such a pleasure having you back. Uh, yeah. As always, where can people uh, find you and follow you? Well, thank you again for having me back. So I'm on Instagram and Twitter, though mostly on Twitter, to be perfectly honest. I think Instagram is more for stories, but my personal Instagram is at Ayushinos, A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S. The one for my podcast, Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu, is at Magical Girl Ayu. So that's spelled A-Y-U. 
And uh, like y'all said, um, I do art. Uh, that's one of my things. I do translate, like uh, I can do private translations also. But, you know, art mostly like if you want like a birthday present or something, my paintings are good for that. Or if you like one really of the things fun. I already painted. Thank you. You know, you also, can buy I called prints. them drawings earlier because I'm an idiot. But <laughs> no, 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 it's painting. okay. It's okay. I do drawings too, so that's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. I do. I do not at all, but at least those two things. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like if you want, like uh, you know, uh, usually people want to give presents to their loved ones, and so portrait's really good for that. Or you can buy old prints of mine in my print shop, which is at Inprint I N P R N T. Yeah, under the same name. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, yes. So this is at Mopinks, M-O-P-I-N-K-S. They tweeted about this sign and it just says, uh, so their, their comment is just, no, that absolutely does not work. The sign looks like it's from a hotel <laughs> or something. And it's supposed to say welcome. But for some reason, the C in welcome is uh, starfish. <laughs> <laughs> Huh? So it just looks what? like, well, um, I, I, after well, looking um. at it for some time, I believe what trying, what the, the point of this is, is they are trying to make the starfish look like a K to still it make that like same. It looks like Baphomet's head. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's complete, I don't know. I it's like absolutely. this. Maybe they're like on some, you know, some you know, <laughs> demonic shit. They're like, welcome. <laughs> you know, like, oh, to our beach house. You know what? Yes, that does. And actually, I did not realize that starfish does look kind of goatish, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's inverted. <laughs> it looks like inverted, you know, pentagram type shit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's so if strange. If you had to, yeah. would you say X? What would a starfish be if you could substitute it for a letter? Like, could yeah, it like, be anything in here? The I M? mean, the comments no. are saying, like, it could make an O because it's kind of like a star, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, yeah, if you yeah. will. <laughs> yeah, it's just so it's just such an odd choice, but it's just like they obviously they were confident that it would translate to saying welcome, and it's like nope. <laughs> People yeah. like to get artsy with it, you know. Just mm -hmm. some sometimes it's like the letters they do the job they're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Miles, where can people find you with the tweet you've been enjoying? Find me on Twitter or Instagram uh, at Miles of Gray. Also, the other show, 420 Day Fiance. Where are we talking 90 Day Fiance? A couple tweets that I like. This is actually a quote tweet from a tweet from, I believe, someone from Zeitgang at It's Dave, not David, said, I can hear Prof, Sophie, and Miles celebrating in relation to the Clippers not making it to the NBA Finals. I <laughs> abstained from really responding because I want to be and what the fuck am I saying, man? I don't know any Angelina. Real people who are born in L.A. that <laughs> rep the Clippers? No. Paul Shear, you're not from here, bro. And don't stop <laughs> acting like the Clippers are the working class team. What the fuck? What? What, sir? Yeah, no. Think, take a look around the city. They're the, the buses went up team. when Kobe Bryant passed away. You know who. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Prof said group text going crazy. And I get it. Um, next up, I want to say... Wait, this is from, Paul Shear trying to claim that the Clippers... Paul Shear was class? quoted in the fucking paper saying, like, I really like the Clippers. You know, they're like the working man's team in L.A. Like, the Lakers are what too Hollywood. Now, while I get now that because the move to the Staples Center did usher in a new era of NBA fandom, which were people who could afford the Staples Center, well, before it used to be people who could any like most people could afford going to the Great Western Forum, there is that. But the mm -hmm. idea that the people who support the Lakers 
in this city. Like this has been the basketball team for decades yeah. uh, before the Clippers brought their stanking asses up here. So <laughs> next up, I want to say this goes out to at BOCX top first mate Prance. He uh, tweeted, we got streets crumbling under record breaking heat and Republicans worried about kids learning that America used to be even more racist. Yeah, that is uh, seems like a bit of a misstep here. And the last mm-hmm. one is from at Chunk Barty who tweeted, I'm vibing smiley face. This is, of course, not true. oh yeah we all want to be vibing but we just aren't you're not vibing if you're pronouncing the ing i think yeah (laughs) i am vibing (laughs) i am vibing you guys oh my goodness vibing so hard you are not you're not vibing. (laughs) you are Um, hiding from your subconscious Tweet I enjoyed. Kylie Jansen tweeted, there are two ways to pronounce speedometer, and we picked the wrong one, um, <laughs> which speed-o-meter is yeah. the correct. Let's, let's make mm-hmm. this a thing, Zyke. Speed-o-meter. <laughs> and Lawboy Esquire tweeted, a lot of people are trying to understand why Bill Cosby is being released from prison. As an experienced attorney, I can explain he is extremely, extremely rich. Uh, mm. so. That's all it is. Even though he's out here trying to act like I maintain my innocence, like you're guilty still, sir. Yeah. You just, you're out on a weird ass technicality. So, Mm. and this dude is still, apparently, there's already talk about like how he's going to be making money off appearances and shit. A quick Romney tweeted, uh, I can't believe that Dave and Buster's is owned by Dave Chappelle and Buster Rhymes. (laughs) 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 I I didn't, I did not know that. Wow. Imagine if it was the aesthetic. Oh that God. would be it. Would be smoky as shit in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, DailyZeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnote where we link off to the information that we talked about as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are we telling people to go out and do some vibing? We're going to vibe actually to uh, some music from, uh, you know, one of my other mother countries, Japan. This is a group called Chai, C-H-A-I. And they're um, a girl group who, you know, they're, they're, they do very interesting stuff. But this track is sort of their take on, you know, what they call Japanese city pop. Uh, from the 80s, which is a very popular, it's kind of resurging now as like a genre where there's like very uh, poppy Japanese music that was like heavily influenced by American pop at the time. But it's just got, I just love, I just love city pop. I don't know if it's just me being Japanese, but it seems like it has global appeal, but it's very easy to listen to. But this is like, they're a little bit more like raw with it. And so they're giving it a little bit, it's like less polished, but really dope. And it's called Donuts Mind If I Do. And it's just like a fun play on, you know, they're using their own version of English here in Japanese, <laughs> but it's got that like really nice city pop vibe. So this is Chai with Donuts Mind If I Do. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us for this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And hey, we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 Bye.